Leadership is less about your needs and more about the needs of the people and the organization you are leading. Ooh, I like that. Where'd you get that from? Just something I picked up along the way. You mean from the last two interviews we've done? Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, so if you have not had a chance, please go and check out um, our leadership series. We interviewed April Clovis, our president and CEO of MSU FCU and OU Credit Union. And also we interviewed Whitney Anderson Harrell, who is our chief community development officer of MSU FCU and OU Credit Union, as well as the executive director of the Desk Drawer Fund. Today, we're going to be recapping those two interviews and kind of tying it all together, just talking about what makes great leaders, um, different leadership styles and things like that. So you ready to get into it? Yes. This is Wallet Watch, brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. I'm your host, Devante. And I'm Catherine. One of the great questions that we asked both Whitney and April were what are the qualities that make a great leader? Mm -hmm. And I think that they had some pretty great answers. So one thing I can really think of is vision. April really made a great connection of how a CEO can be like a coach or just a manager or a leader, period, can be like a coach. Mm -hmm. And a coach has to have a vision, a vision of where they want to see the team at so that they can know how to motivate and how to guide somebody along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is huge. And I think that's something that comes up time and time again. If you can't see the big picture, like, where are you going? No one knows. Yeah. In addition to vision, I think communication is really big, especially in an organization of the credit union size. It's important to be able to communicate effectively with people um, in all different departments and all different roles, because how is a a leader supposed to effectively lead if they don't know what's going right or when something is going wrong? It's difficult to correct things or encourage things or, you know, make those changes if they don't know about them. Yeah, so like how Whitney talked about keeping those open lines of communication Mm -hmm. and how important those are, definitely. Another thing that comes to mind is being thorough. So you have to be sure, you know, when you're signing up for different projects or taking on all of that, that you can handle those new projects along with your workload. And in addition to, if you're a leader, keeping your team happy or keeping them on the right track, Make, making sure that vision still comes through mm-hmm. even when you're taking on new projects and things like that. Yes. It's not just like getting things off on the right foot, but making sure you're there every step of the way. Right. And then there are many, many more, but the last one we're going to talk about today as far as qualities is passion. So really with anything in life, you can't be great at something if there's no passion there because then you're like not invested. Who cares, you know? So having passion for the mission and the people that you're working with is really important for any leadership position too, for any, to be a great leader. That's really important. I definitely think so. Um, And I think that people can feel if there's not passion. Yeah. Uh, I think that also ties in with what April said as far as being a type of person that's able to inspire people. When you have that passion, you can inspire, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's contagious. Yeah. And going over these qualities, it makes me think about the different leadership styles that people may have Mm because everybody can have different qualities and things like that, but it's also how you put them into practice. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of think of any leadership styles and maybe we can talk about the positives and drawbacks to them? Yeah, so according to Wikipedia, um, there are multiple different leadership styles. We're going to talk about a few today. So I guess the first one is authoritarian. So this leader centralizes power and decision-making on themselves. They assign duties without consulting employees, typically based on threats and punishment. It allows for quick decisions and prompt action and unity of direction. I guess a benefit to that is 
you know, quick decision making. There's never any like question of what direction we're going in. I think it's probably important in like emergency situations. Like if there's like a house on fire or like somebody's hurt, like you want to have a leader, you know, um, identified right away to, well, hopefully they know what they're doing and they have the authority to be making those decisions. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that would be a situation that that would be helpful. Okay. Okay. Um, you'd find me on the unemployment line. <laughs> this is my leader. Same. But I know that, like you were saying, you know, in very immediate situations where decisions absolutely have to be made, this type of leader, you know, it's not necessarily we got to consult each other. But, right. But in the event that you don't need to be that type of leader, it can be a real problem. So. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> another type of leader I can think of is democratic or also participative leader. It's a type of leadership style in which members of the group take a more participative role in the decision-making process. This type of leadership can apply to any organization from private businesses to schools to government. I think that a lot of people would see this as like, oh, this is absolutely positive. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be this way. Everybody should govern themselves like this. And I think that, you know, everybody should have a say or whatever. Talk about it. Let's talk about the decision. But I think that a drawback to it could be that there is too much input. Yeah. And I think that when there's too much input, it can make the decision harder. Mm-hmm. So, like if everybody is, everybody's part of making the decision. Everybody wants a different thing. Stalemate. Like where do you go? Also, have you heard of groupthink? Yes. So that's another kind of on the flip side. But like if I hear my friend like thinks this way, then I'm just gonna go with that. And so that's when, like, the devil's advocate role can come in handy, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Another type of leadership is the laissez-faire. Um, so this is a leadership style in which the leaders are very hands-off, and they allow group members to make the decisions. So I guess, I don't know, this is kind of similar to the Democratic, right? Like, yeah, it just it's up like to the people. Yeah, just like have more autonomy, maybe. Yeah. So I definitely think it has some similarities to the democratic leader Mm -hmm. um it just sounds like you kind of give your employees a little more autonomy Mm -hmm. and that's cool but i do think there's a such thing as a little too much because uh, employees can lose sight of who's the leader yeah i actually while looking things up laissez-faire actually translates to let them do but if like everybody's doing their own thing then it's difficult to make sure that you are working towards the same mission i guess yeah you know so when do you think that leadership style is most effective? Um, I was just sitting over here kind of thinking about that. Maybe when there is a mission that you know about, so maybe like in sales positions, um, where of course there has to be integrity within that mm-hmm. so that you can make sure everybody has that integral part, but that's a quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the laissez-faire style, it may work well, so that way, in order to be creative and getting those sales and things like that, you don't limit the the thought process of your employees. Mm-hmm. So having a more hands-off approach, um, then it might come in handy in that realm. I mean, I've never worked a sales job, but I'd imagine it would help. Yeah, I would think so. I like that. I think that makes the most sense. Hmm. What about a paternalistic leadership style? Huh? What's that? Um. So that is a managerial approach that involves a dominant authority figure who acts as a patriarch or matriarch 
and treats employees and partners as though they are members of a large extended family. That's interesting. I guess I wasn't, I didn't know that was a type of leadership style. The other ones I'm kind of familiar with, but I wasn't familiar with that one at all. Do you have any idea of like when that might work best or any examples? Um, I can say that I've probably ran into this particular leadership style the most. I worked for several small companies mm -hmm. and I think if there's one person kind of at the helm of the company, then sometimes that's the approach that's taken. And it was effective. It was effective in that particular setting. Mm -hmm. It may not be as effective for like a larger company, mm -hmm. but I think it has some positives to it. You know, if you can start to get everybody on board and everybody can feel like a piece of the family, everybody starts to work harder. Yeah. And they feel like they're part of the mission. Mm -hmm. So, so in talking about all these different leadership styles and things like that, can you think of some leaders that you kind of admire and why you might admire them? Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind for me, anytime I think of a great leader, I always think of Winston Churchill. And I think part of it, it is because he is a great leader, but we also have the same birthday. So <laughs> he was always on my list of like shared birthdays growing up. But Winston Churchill was the British prime minister during World War II. And he really encouraged the British people and the allies to kind of unite in the face of unspeakable threats with the Nazis and kind of really band together and, and fight against it. How about you? Okay. So I have two. Okay. So two great leaders that I can really think of that fought for the same thing, but were on like separate sides of the same coin mm -hmm. are Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. They both were fighting for the liberation of African Americans mm -hmm. and they were involved in the walk or the fight during the same times, but they took different approaches. You know, um, Martin Luther King was very much so about peace and let's sit down and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, Malcolm X was very much so about action and maybe we could have a conversation later on. <laughs> but I just think that they were both inspirational people Yeah, that people could look up to and say, okay, I can get behind that mission. Let's see. As far as leadership styles, I would say Martin Luther King was a more democratic leader or participative leader, while Malcolm X was a more autocratic leader. Okay. Yeah. But they both were fighting for the same thing. So I think you also have to have different leadership styles when you have multiple leaders. You know, if everybody leads the same way, then something may be missed. Yeah. So yeah, those are two great leaders that I look up to. Awesome. I, you know, it, depending on the situation, there might be multiple times. I guess it kind of speaks to your two people that you chose. But um, there's no one right way to be a leader. Right. And it might be different even not only from person to person, but based on the situation. Like each of those people might have different mm. leadership styles in different situations. So Good interesting. Stuff. Yeah. So that brings to mind about the different roles within a group mm -hmm. um, and how for me, like I think it's important to know each role to be an effective leader as well. So, and when I say roles, I'm talking about like um, a leader, a follower, constituent, so to speak, um, maybe someone that plays devil's advocate, 
of course, all of those roles are super important. We've talked a lot about the leader, especially the last couple episodes, but people kind of forget about the followers. Like, I don't want to say toss them aside, but just think like, oh, it's easy to be a follower. But it's important to know how to work with other people. It's not just taking direction. It's working with other people. And there is something to be said for that. And then also the devil's advocate role. Um, we alluded to group think a little bit earlier in the episode, but that is like my favorite thing. I love to come into a discussion and throw out like a, just a different point of view. Not that I agree with a different point of view always, but it's important to be able to think of how other people might approach something. Mm. So that devil's advocate role is important for that. It's important to know how to do that too. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it can come off a little brash mm -hmm. or, you know, not be taken well. And even if that happens, that happens sometimes. You have to know how to bring it back. Like, no, just providing you with a different perspective. Right. Let's just talk about it. Right. I think, you know, with talking about, like, a follower or whatever, you don't have a group without followers or right. constituents. Essentially, that's what makes up a group. You can't lead yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you can, but you wouldn't really be considered a leader. You'd just be one-man army, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say, there is a type of follower, like following someone blindly. You don't want to do that. You want to question the decisions that are being made and the mission, because that's how groups rise to their full potential. You don't just, you're not just a yes man. You don't just say yes to the leader. You question it. I guess you kind of can play devil's advocate. Every follower can play a little bit of the devil's advocate role right. if they think there isn't something that should be happening or yeah, things and could be better. It's understanding there's not just one type of follower, you know, just because that particular title was placed there, that's just being able to come under the mission mm -hmm. of whatever, whomever the leader may be. But, you know, you can have all different types of personality types within a follower. Alrighty, that concludes our leadership series, as well as season two of Walla Watch. We are so thankful for another amazing season. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners for your continued support. We'll be back with season three of Walla Watch in late January with new topics on practical money skills and more. Please stay subscribed so you don't miss out on any updates. From the Walla Watch family to yours, we wish you the best. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. We thank you for being a loyal listener of Walla Watch. Speaking of loyalty, we have an awesome program that we are confident our listeners will love. Local loyalty is all about benefiting our members while supporting local businesses. The program allows members to take advantage of discounts by simply using their credit union debit or credit card at participating businesses. Discounts include BOGOs and percentages off certain products and services. To see all the savings you could take advantage of, visit msufcu.org forward slash special offers. If you are a business and would like to learn more about local loyalty and how you can take advantage of free advertising or would like to simply obtain additional information, please email localloyalty at msufcu.org. Wilder Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Katherine Hurth and me, Devante Montgomery. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.